0: show with Richard Seren from Zuma Radio, AM seven forty.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you aboard, and hope you'll stay with us uh, for the duration. Have a great show coming up towards the uh, bottom of the hour, which, uh, well, that's eleven thirty here, Toronto time. Anyway, we'll uh, talk with R. Gary Patterson, rock and roll investigator. He's really a rock historian and uh, sort of made his bones with the whole uh, Paul is Dead uh, rumors that came out uh, back in the, the late 60s and persist really to this day. Uh, and, of course, he's also uh, written a number of other books, including Hellhounds on Their Trail and Tales from the Rock and Roll Graveyard. Uh, he's done some uh, tremendous work with uh, VH1. Uh, one in particular that um, I thought was just brilliant was all all to do with the 27 Club, all of these famous musicians Uh, from Janis Joplin to Kurt Cobain. I mean, the list is as long as your arm. Uh, Musicians that checked out uh, at the age of 27. And uh, he's also done uh, episodes or or series on uh, Hollywood curses. Our Gary Patterson will be here as we commemorate the 73rd birthday of former Beatle John Lennon. Hard to believe he's been gone nearly 33 years. Uh, We'll talk about uh, Lennon's life, His times and his curious death, you know, some people still maintain, and I think there is, I don't think he can dismiss it out of hand. Uh, In fact, even the one of the New York homicide detectives uh, investigating Lenin's death admitted uh, to British journalist author Fenton Bresler, that there was something very suspicious about Mark, David's cha- Mark David Chapman's uh, behavior immediately following a Lennon shooting. How he sat down on the curb, he could have, uh, you know, he could have ran across the street and uh, uh, jumped onto a subway and disappeared into the night, and yet he just sat down on the sidewalk. Uh, I guess uh, removed Catcher in the Rye from his hip pocket and uh, began reading. Anyway, it uh, it struck this police detective as very strange. Uh, And he didn't rule out entirely that, uh, you know, maybe Chapman may have been programmed. Not necessarily the gunman, uh, but uh, perhaps a Manchurian candidate programmed to be a patsy, to be there the wrong time, uh, the right place at the wrong time, if you will. And all this talk about, uh, you know, mind control and uh, Manchurian candidates, electronic harassment and so forth, pretty much, you know, disparaged by the mainstream media, except – now, it's starting to percolate to the surface. We're hearing, uh, well, for example, the, uh, the horrible circumstances at the Washington Naval, Naval Yard a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the, uh, the alleged gunman in that in- instance uh, was complaining about hearing you know, voices in his head, complaining about being electronically harassed, being subjected to ELF, electromagnetic waves. And as I say, even the mainstream media caught on to that. So this whole idea of some shadowy organization uh, targeting certain individuals uh, for mind control, uh, gaining new currency every day, really. And so uh, we'll chat about that. And in the not-too-distant future, um, uh, Kathy O'Brien and Mark Phillips will be on the program as well. Of course, uh, Kathy, probably one of the most uh, well-known high-profile survivors of the monarch mind control program, sort of an offshoot of MK MKUltra, uh, a victim who um, and a recovered survivor. She'll be on the program along with uh, Mark Phillips, who is uh, sort of credited uh, with rescuing Kathy O'Brien from the clutches of this, uh, this horrible program. And in fact, uh, Kathy O'Brien and Mark Phillips uh, are coming up to Toronto. I just want to uh, mention this because my good friends uh, Patrick and Kadina from Conspiracy Culture 1696 Queen Street uh, West uh, are putting on a spectacular event: MK Ultra and Project Monarch: A Survivor's Tale with Kathy O'Brien and Mark Phillips, and that is taking place Sunday, October the twentieth. And uh, I guess for you know for ticket information, the best thing to do is uh, go to the website conspiracyculture.com and uh, and call Patrick and Kadena and inquire about tickets. Uh, However, there's someone else on that bill I think you'd be very interested in. And this is someone who is also very outspoken about uh, mind control and MKUltra and Hollywood, for that matter. And it's a a great pleasure to welcome uh, to the program to discuss MKUltra and how it rules Hollywood, actress, comedian, writer, television producer, Roseanne Barr. Roseanne, how are you?
2: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you, and uh, welcome to the program. I appreciate your time tonight. You'll be also uh, coming to Toronto on the 20th of October to mm-hmm. talk about MK Ultra and Hollywood. and
2: I'm gonna, Mostly I'm there to uh, introduce Kathy and Mark and uh, talk about you know, some of the stuff you're talking about also.
1: I, I have to commend you, uh, you. know, For someone who has your stature in, in Hollywood to come out and, and openly talk about MK Ultra and and uh, it's you know how it has the film and television industry in its clutches. Uh, very brave uh, thing for you to do. Was there a what
2: was? I've always th- talked about it. You have. I've always talked about it. Yeah, <coughs> um, yeah, I have for decades talked about it. Um, I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah, so you know <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of stuff and. Uh, you know, mind control is—you know—that's a huge subject, and I'm glad that uh, you know I'm glad to be part of of uh, bringing it more to people's
1: attention. Was when you say you've been talking about it for decades? I mean, but when you when you talked about it, I guess more recently, it really uh, caught a lot of people's attention. Why was that? I mean, what was there for you? um this moment this aha moment where you sort of lined up all of you connected all the dots and 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 it became clear to you that mk ultra was was running hollywood
2: well you know it doesn't just run hollywood it, you know i mean there's specific things that uh you know there are specific things that hollywood does but it's not just hollywood it it's the it it's the collective unconscious it rules all that um you know and it has since uh you know before before uh you know from germany that, that's where it all came from monarch and all that stuff came from nazis so uh, i'm jewish and uh I, I always was on the trail of it since operation paperclip when they brought over nazis to the united states to head, um you know our medical um you know you know medical and space and health things you know, I've always just kind of been very interested in in uh, following that, how that happened, how how people we supposedly defeated came to, you know, pretty much run our country.
1: Yes, uh, it seems. Several
2: decades later, and they did it with mind control, and you know, it's not it's not just. Um, you know Hollywood. It's religion too, and all popular media. It's the news. It's everything.
1: Sure, it's it's, it's patriarchy pervasive.
2: Patriarchy itself. I mean, it's patriarchy itself. It's a it's a hierarchical system that terrorizes people so that uh, they can't think.
1: Now, when when you talk about and, and I'm going to talk about Hollywood here, and and, and I, I agree. I mean, it's, it is pervasive, um, but. W- I'm just trying to wrap my head around, you know, the statement that it it uh, it rules in Hollywood. Are you talking uh, sort of in broad terms in the sense that they have uh, used film and television as sort of a mass brainwashing tool? Or are you talking even more specifically, for example, where individuals, let's say um, uh, actors, artists in Hollywood, are in fact victims of of mind control, ritualistic abuse, and so forth.
2: Both things. Both things. You know, know, it's it's the uh, narrative that everybody in this country swallows, and it's in every movie, all television, all media. It's a big, fat fairy tale, and, uh, you know, if you break it down and... uh, and, uh, you know, really
1: break it down and, and see how it works. Yeah, it has victims and it has agents. Right. Uh, well, I mean, we, we, we've known that there is sort of a, uh, a, an entertainment li- a CIA entertainment liaison office and, and the CIA will fund Hollywood movies uh, yes. and, and try to shape the message. Did you ever experience oh, yeah, any of that firsthand?
2: Try. It doesn't try it definitely shapes the message and nothing gets made that's out of, that out that it doesn't approve nothing won't be made no movies no tv nothing
1: comedian no, no, actor uh, writer producer uh, Roseanne Barr uh, with us talking about uh, mk ultra and uh, she will be uh, in toronto along with kathy o'brien and mark phillips on october the 20th um a conspiracy yeah, I'm, culture I'm
2: gonna be there talking about how we can heal from it and that's what I want to bring to this whole discussion, and Kathy and I talk a lot about what, what are the ways that are returning troops and other people who have PTSD and, uh, you know, things that are trauma-based programming and uh, just living with trauma itself. What, what are the things we can do to get over it, to put it behind us and, and heal from it? And, that, and that's what we're, I'm going to be talking well, about.
1: We're going to take a time out in just a few minutes. Can you stay with us? And on the other side, maybe um, like we can talk about that. Sure. Okay. Before we before the break, though, I just wanted to ask you. Uh, I mean, you've you've talked about uh, having been treated for a, dissoci- a dissociative identity disorder, and and I know mm-hmm. from uh, sort of a casual historian looking at the uh, sort of the origins of MK Ultra and the Nazis, and and sort of the barbaric methods that they used. We're talking now seventy years ago uh, mm-hmm. through ritualistic abuse. Uh, to create uh, in in an otherwise healthy mind to fracture the psyche and create right. a, a disassociative identity disorder, uh, that's right. the
2: that, perfect the perfect slave.
1: Yeah, that's seventy years ago, and I, I just uh, do you ever think about you know that's what they were doing seventy years ago. What could they be capable of doing now?
2: Well, you know, I mean, you said it yourself. What they're capable of doing now, I mean, you know, they're they're capable of a lot of things, and uh, you know, the only thing they're not capable of is uh, fixing anything or um, apologizing to people or or turning around, uh, you know, the big march to the edge of the cliff where they want us all to jump off. Those are the only things that they're incapable of changing.
1: I mean, you, you, we, we talked about the, the Nazi, the origins of, of this program with the Nazi scientists and, and, and uh, so forth who were brought over to America, exfiltrated. Uh, some of them escaped the hangman's, hangman's noose at Nuremberg, uh-huh. uh, were exfiltrated in the United States, uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 and largely took over the security apparatus, uh, which is, as you say, is kind of strange. Supposedly, the Allies won the war, and yet they turned this over to the Nazis. Um, right. But- uh, it, it, I'm just wondering though that well, the music is coming up here. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Roseanne Barr discussing M.K. Ultra. We'll talk about how we can get out from under this, uh, and much more here on the Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Welcome back. And neglected to, off the top to uh, welcome a new affiliate KFLA. Uh, sorry, KFLDAM eight seventy in Yakima, Washington. Uh, KFLD AM 870 is the news talk leader in Yakima. Uh, Welcome, uh, welcome to the program. Roseanne Barr uh, stays with us for a few moments, Uh, outspoken uh, actress, comedian, writer, television producer, and will be in Toronto October 20th at a Conspiracy Culture Presents event uh, for information, uh, go to their website, conspiracyculture.com, uh, give Patrick and Kadina a call, and uh, they'll tell you how to get tickets. Uh, Roseanne Barr will be um, um, part of a, a panel along with Kathy O'Brien and, a, and uh, Mark Phillips, Kathy O'Brien, of course, a very high-level MKUltra victim and recovered survivor, uh, Roseanne Barr talking about uh, Hollywood's darkest secret, mind control, which, of course, uh, uh, you know, per, is very pervasive, uh, all aspects of society. Uh, Roseanne, you, you wanted to also talk about how we get out from under this. And for people who, uh, whether they've just been, um, you know, brainwashed uh, or, or perhaps even specifically targeted, and we're hearing uh, every day from different people who who believe they are being targeted, uh, electronic har- harassment, organized gang stalking, and so forth, w- what what do they do? W-
2: what does who do? Well, what who what,
1: are... what, pe- what what can people do who, who believe that they are, well, all of us, I guess, are victims to a certain extent of brain brainwashing and mind control. Right. How do we get out from under this?
2: Well, if you have PTSD or DID or any of these uh, kind of um, uh, mental health issues that come from trauma-based trauma based um <clears throat> I guess you could say shock and awe. <laughs> That's one way of saying it. Um, you can you can heal from it, and uh, you can do that. I think from through uh, meditation and heightened awareness and I'm really walking it back to source to see where it came from. And also, we're, we're very much for uh, the legalization of marijuana in the in the treatment. Um, of, uh, PTSD and, and stuff like that, because, you know, it definitely helps. And, and we hope that, uh, we're seeing like progress all over the United States with, uh, our, our troops who have PTSD and, uh, and, uh, the veterans administration, all these places accepting marijuana now more and more as a treatment for PTSD. It's a great treatment also for, for breaking out of mind control. If you, um, you know, put that together with, uh, you know, um, meditation and uh, talking to other people who have healed from it, who've, uh, you know, um, synthesized their broken and fractured personality parts, Um, you know, it's not that hard. It's like, you know, the the fact of it is that it's so false and really so stupid at at its core. That's not that hard to walk out of. It, the reason it, the reason people do have problem walking out of it is because all the fear that's layered in the, the fractured mind about just that fact about leaving it. Oh my God! There's so much fear put into people um, to prevent them from actually, you know, thinking in a in an integrated and synthesized manner. So you know, meditation also helps with the fear. So it's like directly, you know, facing it directly and head on, with uh, like-minded people, and and we can get out of it, and um, you know, and turn it around, and and uh, you know, try to stop it, and, and 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 also give some logical analysis to it so that people can understand that. It make. It also making it visible is so important because the reason it thrives one of the reasons besides the fact that it's sealed in violence and all kinds of other psychological terrors is uh, because it's invisible and because it's so pervasive that you can't even see it so when it becomes visible it it really really loses a lot of its a lot of its sting and a lot of its power um, but we have to Bring it into visibility, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. Because we've seen a lot of people, we've seen many people uh, get free and turn and turn their mind and their life and everything else around.
1: I hear from people on a, on a, a weekly basis. Certainly, in fact, I, I received an email from uh, a woman. Uh, the other week who, uh, is an ER doctor who's 60 years Uh old and getting ready to retire. And she said, I was hoping to enjoy my retirement, but she said she is being targeted for some sort of, um, you know, she's being harassed electronically. Uh, she's not sure what's going on, who's behind it. Uh, when you start hearing from professional people, I've also heard from sheriffs in the United States who who claim that they're being targeted. I mean, are we talking about the same thing when I'm talking about electronic harassment, organized gang stalking? Is that part of what you're also talking about with with mind well, yeah, control?
2: that's a, that's just a tactic that they that they use to keep people silent. And you know, when you look into the abuse that creates, you know the the kind of child abuse that uh, is uh, the, the foundation of mK ultra, I mean, that's what you really have to look at, you know.
1: So, I I hope I answered your question. Sure. Uh, let, if I could ask you, and, and and I I don't know if this is something you discuss, and if if it's not, that's fine. But I mean, you, you've talked about your dissociative identity disorder. Do mm-hmm. you now, you know, tracing it back to its root? Do you? I mean, was that a result of some sort of a, a mind control a, a program that, that were the perps... Did they, was that their intended purpose? Uh, no, mine was
2: uh, mine was. Uh, a result of shock and awe as a as a as a really young child and a lot of it did have to do with nazis and a lot of it uh in fact all of it did i, I was raised in an apartment house with uh, survivors jewish people who uh my grandparents brought over from german uh death camps and i i was just raised in that so um, the things they would talk about, the things they watched on TV, I mean, that wasn't appropriate for a girl of three years old to watch, but I did, and I was encouraged to do so. And I do trace it all back to that, because I, when I saw those pictures at a young age, I had, I had no way to understand what that was. I had no way of uh, containing that information, and it did cause me to... Uh, to split, and um, you know, it also <laughs> is is the reason why I I'm talking about fascism and terror and all those things that that Nazis did. And uh, you know, three year old three years old was not uh, you know I don't advise anybody else to show their kids uh, pictures that I saw then. But you know, it, it's uh, that's what caused my split and also, uh, living among people who had survived all of those horrors caused my split too, because it was just a normal, uh, way that we talked in our family about things. I mean, you know, they, they would tell, uh, you know, people in my family would tell like these horrifying stories of things they had lived through or, or things other people were talking about in our apartment building. And, um, yeah, yeah, it was terror. I, I just call it shock, awe, and terror, and uh, it did, it did do that to me. And I still, I'm sixty-one now. I still can't contain those images, and uh, and uh, I just, you know, I still, I still, <laughs> I'm still in shock and and terror well, and trauma that those things didn't just happen then. Uh, they happen all over the world all the time, and the only reason they happen is because, like I say, they have become invisible and unseeable, and that is part of it. Uh,
1: to, uh, to, I, I think to, a, to a, you know, a lesser degree, or maybe not, you, you may, may see it's the same thing, but I, we're all being subjected to, to shock and awe, uh, right. almost on a nightly basis when you look at... Uh, yes, you we know. are. So, to what extent are we all then victims of, of, of mind control?
2: Well, you know, it's a capitalist tool. I mean, if you're really going to go into it, you know, it's it's a tool that keeps you in your house afraid of everything and you just buy things. So, you know, to keep people disaffected, disconnected, ignorant, and, um, you know, fearful, that's that's how MK Ultra works and how it continues because as long as you don't see it, you know, um, as long as people are not aware of it, as long as they don't see it, as long as it's not visible, you know, uh, you know, it, it thrives in darkness and secrecy. And um, so it continues that uh, people who speak up about it or say anything about it, you know, they're, immediately I do think, you know, there's, you're attacked. First of all, you're called crazy because that's really hilarious because... Most of the people who have, in fact, all of the people who survived survived MKUltra have mental health issues. So that's how they attack any child who tells on them, even, in, even when they're in a, an adult body. If that uh, former child tells on, you know, the uh, agents and the perpetrators, you know, it still works to silence the victim, to harass the victim. I'm sure they do microwaves and everything else. I've heard about I'm sure they do because it's imperative that nobody knows what's going on, otherwise it couldn't continue like I say, um, you know if the American public were, were you know was was uh, aware of what would go what's going on in in our government in our country they they would stop it and demand accurate representation in government from their representatives, they wouldn't be putting up with people being lobbyists. Uh, inside trading and all the other stuff they hide and um you know the only people who are ever going to come forward and tell on any of these people are people who lived through it because they are positive that they that uh, it goes on
1: how did you hook, and, and their
2: lives are proof
1: how did you uh, hook up with with kathy o'brien and uh, and her story
2: well, we have mutual friends. I used to do a radio show in Los Angeles at KPFK Radio, and uh, that's, I ha- we had mutual friends there, and I had Kathy on as a, uh, as a radio guest and, and interviewed her, and, you know, we just really liked each other right away because we was like on, we're on, like, so much of up the same wavelength in, in the way that we understand how the brain works how it works when it's been divided, and how it works incredibly, like an incredible machine, when it has facts and things like that and has some some level of integration, then this human machine, this brain, is a a mighty, mighty weapon.
1: Uh, Roseanne Barr on the uh, the line, and uh, she is Of course, an award-winning comedian, actress, writer, producer, will be in Toronto October 20th, a Conspiracy Culture event, 1696 Queen Street. If you uh, go through uh, the website, conspiracyculture.com, and uh, they'll um, let you know how you can get tickets. The information will be there as well. And uh, Roseanne will be here uh, introducing uh, Kathy O'Brien, of course a high-level MKUltra survivor, along with uh, Mark Phillips, uh, who helped uh, rescue uh, Kathy O'Brien, and Roseanne Barr will be speaking about MK Ultra and uh, and Hollywood.
2: And I'm so happy that it's in a church. Last time Kathy and Mark and I spoke, we also spoke in a church in Los Angeles, and you can find that online. Um, and uh, I think that was the same subject, MK Ultra, in in uh, Los Angeles about five years ago. And uh, so things have really, you know, they've really moved forward since that time and uh, that's
1: for sure you know. I was mentioning that that, 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 that uh, the, the idea of mind control and electronic harassment and so forth is starting to gain currency in the mainstream media because of some you know, horrible tragic events. are you at least heartened by that aspect that, that, that the mainstream media seems to be waking up?
2: Well, you know, uh, yeah, I'm very heartened that people all over our country and everywhere in the world are, are, like, you know, going to the next level of awareness where where we have to go if we're going to save ourselves. So, yeah, I'm thrilled. And, you know, I, I, I do whatever I can do every day in my life simply because I don't like fascism. I don't like, uh, you know, sexual abuse. Of, children. I I don't like any of that stuff so I have to fight every day otherwise I feel like you know what I mean? That I I can't just sit back and and take it easy especially now where it's starting to catch fire and people are like actually talking about it, naming it, making it visible. I mean it's very exciting, very cool. I'm happy for I'm very happy and excited for people to hear Kathy O'Brien speak because she's a fantastic speaker and Mark's a great speaker. And, um, you know, the information is, uh, it, it, it's extremely healing information. I'm going to also give people uh, ways to breathe, to relax themselves, so that, you know, right now I do believe that a lot of mentally ill people are being activated. You know what I mean? Yes. They're being activated through drugs and all the other things they do to people who have, you know, problems, first of all, because they're divided. They have a divided mind, which comes from all this crap, uh, abuse and every other thing, lying, shock, shock, you know, nothing making sense, all, all the things that they have in place to keep everybody quiet. And, uh, you know, I'm just thrilled that. People are waking up and like I say, I'm going to also give breathing exercises that will help you not be activated because I do think they activate the mentally ill first and um, the the disaffected and disenfranchised, they're they're working real hard to activate them too and to turn us all against each other but I really believe like if we have some kind of tool that allows us to self calm. You know what I mean, and yes. not be activated when we feel our blood pressure rising, when we feel our heartbeat speeding up. We can fight on a personal meditative level, and that's where this whole battle is really taking place in the penthouse of the mind, the penthouse level of the mind. And Kathy and I have, uh, you know, talked for many, many years about. Uh, Meditation and how it is a great weapon against mind control. All
1: right, and we we'll look That's forward we'll to we'll look forward to hearing you on October the 20th right here in Toronto Roseanne Barr. Thank you so much hey, for thank your time. You. All right. good night. Bye. Back with more of the conspo- conspiracy culture we talk John Lennon here. Stay with us.
0: This is where you can tell all about it. This is The Conspiracy Show
1: with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. As we're welcomed back by uh, John Lennon's Mind Game, a terrific album from late 1973, November of 1973, I believe that album came out. And uh, how appropriate, uh, that song, as we uh, uh, come off the tail end of uh, an interview with Roseanne Barr coming to Toronto October 20th to talk about... Uh, MK Ultra and how it rules Hollywood. Uh, you know, Rosanna has always been a uh, controversial and, and sort of put herself out there on a limb. But uh, now talking publicly uh, about Hollywood's dark secret and uh, uh, the legacy of uh, the Nazis and their MK Ultra program uh, and how they are using Hollywood and, of course, mind control pervasive in all aspects of society. And uh, there are those who still um, who maintain. And I, I think you know you 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 can't dismiss this out of hand that that John Lennon's killer uh, Mark David Chapman um may have been a programmed patsy maybe not the gunman himself but simply programmed to stand there be in the wrong place at the wrong time uh and uh, we'll we'll discuss that uh, over the next half hour or so with a very good friend of the program he's um really i think one of the world's foremost rock historians and a native Tennessean with a passion for rock and roll. He's a published author with Simon & Schuster. Uh, Our Gary Patterson uh, is probably best known, or at least initially for his uh, groundbreaking uh, book, The Walrus Was Paul. And uh, that, of course, sort of laid to rest, or at least tried to address many of the Paul is dead rumors that were floating around back in the, uh, the late 1960s. And uh, he followed that up with Hellhounds on Their Trail, uh, where he continued his popular theme of rock and rolls, enduring myths and legends. And, uh, of course, Take a Walk on the Dark Side, Rock and Roll, Myths, Legends, and Curses, uh, which came out, uh, I believe, in 2004. And he's always working on something, and it's always a great pleasure to welcome back to the program our Gary Patterson. How are you, Gary?
3: I'm doing great, Richard. I was just thinking, it's October... I'll be with Richard, we'll talk about John Lennon. How are you?
1: I'm well, thank you, and it's great to, to have you on again. It's been too long, my friend. It uh, has. Hard to believe uh, Lennon would be nearly 73.
3: Oh, it is hard to believe. You know, this is birthday, October 9th, coming up, and uh, 73 years old.
1: Uh and- and nearly uh, thirty-three, year, and nearly thirty-three years uh, since uh, he he left us, uh, you know, so much has been you know written and talked about Lennon's, Lennon's life, and I thought we could spend a few moments talking about some things that people may not be aware of uh, okay. concerning John Lennon, and um, you know, I uh, interviewed uh, a ufologist not too long ago uh, up here in Canada by the name of uh, Grant Cameron. And uh, Grant uh, wrote an article, or a blog, I guess, recently on his website talking about uh, Paul McCartney's 1997 album, Flaming Pie, I and mean, then he sort of discussed you know where that name came from uh, and its connection to Lennon's UFO sightings. Uh, what can you tell me about Lennon's sort of... Uh, I guess he had two sort of close encounters.
3: Well, it was very interesting because after he had gone on his lost weekend, which actually turned in much longer than that. And he was with May Pang. They had an apartment in New York, and that's where he really saw a UFO sighting.
1: And uh, have
3: you ever interviewed May? Has she been on your show?
1: Um, I I didn't speak with her. I was producing a show, and I had May May Pang on the program, but I don't think we talked about that. Um, May's May's fabulous. We're going to have to get her
3: on. And uh, she was telling about what she saw. And Obviously, John had been out front, and she was taking a shower, and he had gone out completely naked, and he sees it, and it's it's like, you know, it's just hovering there, and it's it's very close to him. And she, she went out, she saw it, and she was describing it, and the story goes that as it was about to take off, John yelled at it, hey, take me with you, take me with you, and it left. And then they didn't know what to do, because, I mean, he could call in and say, listen, uh, I just saw a UFO, my name's John Lennon, and he thought, well, that's going to be crazy. You know, everybody's going to say John Lennon saw a UFO. So he actually kept it secret for a while. And then, of course, what was it, Walls and Bridges, where he wrote, on this date, I saw a UFO? Yes. And he put it on the back of his album. But May described it perfectly. So it wasn't just John Lennon. I mean, May Payne was there.
1: And, and this was the when they were living in, uh, in the yeah. village at the time, I believe. Not the Dakota, right. but in the village.
3: Not the Dakota, in the village.
1: All right, listen, we'll take a time out. We'll come back as yeah. uh, we hear whatever gets you through the night uh, coming up here from that album, Walls and Bridges. Back on the other side are Gary Patterson, The Life and Times and Death of John Lennon, here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. This is going to hit you.
0: You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
1: Welcome back. Our Gary Patterson is with us as we commemorate what would be the 73rd birthday of former Beatle John Lennon. Here's something many people may not know about Lennon. He was a choir boy and a Boy Scout. Uh, Lennon, the great rock-and-roll rebel and iconoclast, started his singing career as a choir boy at uh, St. Peter's Church in uh, Liverpool, I guess, and was a member of the 3rd Allerton Boy Scout Troop. Our uh, Gary Patterson, uh, we were talking about uh, his UFO encounter in Greenwich Village, I guess sort of the early to mid-70s when he was uh, living with uh, May Pang at the time. Uh, he and Yoko were estranged. Now, what precipitated that uh, that separation uh, when when she basically kicked him out and said, you know, go to L.A. and come back when you're ready. Well, it's
3: kind of interesting. Uh, May Pang suggests that it's because Yoko wanted John out of the way so she could have an affair with a member of her band, and she actually left, or she actually had May go with John, and May really didn't want to go. But she convinced her to go with John. They went to Los Angeles. You know, they rented a place. They ran in with Harry Nilsson.
4: Uh, the
3: two Be- well, two of the Beatles would come out and visit. So in her book, I mean she talks about, you know, the lost weekend, which actually was much longer. And then when she fell in love with John, Yoko would call every day and some had some form of a control over right? him. But Eventually, the song you play, you know, whatever gets you through the night that he did with Elton John, he told Elton, if the song ever hit number one, he had performed with him live. He did so in New York, and that was the night he and Yoko got back together again. And May was out, just left out. And May told me that uh, when John was murdered, that she received a call from uh, his friends in in London and didn't want her to be alone. I think she spent that night with David Boyd in New York. So, you know, and May, you know, she's a very bright lady and she she was someone who assembled all the studio times and kept the records and uh when John would record and one of the strangest things, you remember Number Nine Dream, right? Yes, yes. Well you remember that voice that goes John whispers his name? Yes. That was May Pang. Ah. But after Yoko comes back, Yoko takes off May's voice and she does the Johns on Number Nine Dream. Oh now, interesting that's kind of
1: yeah, I thought there is it. One of the things I noticed about, and I want to get back to the uh, the other UFO encounter he had at the Dakota, uh, the, the story that Yuri Geller tells. But before that, you know, talking about the the tracks on his albums, and and I've always noticed, you know, Lennon loved to double track his records, and and then I, mm-hmm. I r- heard recently that Lennon did that because he actually hated the sound of his own voice. Is that true? Have you well, heard that? You know. I know that a lot of artists hate the sound of their
3: voice. Jimi Hendrix hated the sound of his voice, and that's why, like on Purple Haze and some of the other songs, he's in the background with a lot of reverb. But John Lennon had one of the greatest voices in rock and roll. But I guess after a while, you sort of hear yourself, and you hear every flaw you have. It's like you look in a mirror, and you see every imperfection. And I think John was a perfectionist
1: when it came to it. I think double-tracking it made it better. Yeah, apparently he asked... He yeah. asked George Martin to cover the sound of his voice. He said something like, yeah. oh, can't you smother it with tomato ketchup or something?
3: <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Uh, you know, George Martin would would say, well, this is the greatest voice I've ever recorded in rock and roll. You know, And he still says that. I mean, Lennon's voice is fabulous. And when you listen to the Beatles and, and you grow up with them, and you listen to it all the time, you'd be surprised how many songs John actually sings.
1: Yes. You know, the yes. Hits.
3: And, of course, Paul... Has his share too, but you know, John was really the singer. He was the one who really pushed these songs.
1: Uh, the uh, the Yuri Geller uh, story, uh, where where Lennon was, I believe at this point now he's back in the Dakota. He wakes up one night and uh-huh. he has this strange alien encounter. Are you familiar yeah, with that story, the Yuri Geller yeah, story? He's,
3: yeah, he sees a lot under the bedroom door, and when he gets up, he opens the door. And he swears that there are at least three creatures in the Dakota, and they're like bug-like, as he referred to them. And he tried to, like he was trying to step on them. But then a ray hits him, and he's paralyzed. And he finds himself, like, floating back into his bedroom. And Yoko doesn't notice anything about this. And back into his bed. And when he wakes up, he has these three strange... Stone like objects in his hand. And before he was murdered, uh, Uri Geller says that Lennon had told him this story and he gave him the stones. And he says, I don't know what these are. They may be a passage on a UFO, you know, like a ticket. But, you know, if you look at them, you have them. And then he was murdered. So Uri Geller has these guns. I don't know if I've ever seen a picture of
1: them or had him come out and actually show them anywhere, but that's the story. Amazing. And, well, given, you know, uh, Lenin's uh, drug use, one could sort of dismiss that. On the other hand, uh, the the the, uh, the other UFO encounter with May Pang uh, mm-hmm. seems to have, you know, some 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 credence to it so hard to dismiss it out of hand it'd be interesting to talk to Yuri Geller I, I, there was one quote I, I think that was attributed to Geller uh that Grant Cameron was telling me uh, Geller said now I, I thought they were sort of like uh, egg-shaped or something and Geller mm-hmm. said that he he was afraid to have them checked out in case they you know they found on them you know in small writing made in Taiwan or something I guess he didn't want to destroy <laughs> the destroy the myth uh or, or yeah. so forth well
3: the myth the myth makes a great story. if It is, you know. I mean, it's just fascinating. And uh, maybe when Lennon yelled, hey, come back and get me or take me with you, then maybe that's what we were trying to do that night.
1: Our Gary Patterson is with us, and uh, we're talking about uh, the, uh, the life and death of John Lennon. What are you working on these days, Gary?
3: Well, right now I've got several chapters of a new book, and I'm flying out to Denver, Saturday and Sunday, I'm recording two television shows with uh, George Nori for his uh, for his, well, his, his show. He has called Beyond Belief. So I'll be doing two shows with him on Sunday, and then flying back on Monday. So I'll be I'm a little busy, but I've got I've got time, and and I've got some great stories coming up. So it's going to be fun for me. It's just uh, a matter of getting everything down and and budgeting the time so I can do everything, but. Yeah, you, know, you know how it is, Richard. It's just uh, you just gotta you just gotta do it.
1: Excellent. Of course, you do. You got to keep. You got to persevere. Um, getting back to uh, to John Lennon, and uh, I, I mentioned you know I was talking to Roseanne Barr off the top. We were talking about mind control, and uh, uh, there's obviously a connection to that with Lennon and 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 the uh, the theory that Mark David Chapman uh, may have been programmed uh, either as the gunman or as uh, as a patsy, simply to stand sort of in the wrong place at the wrong time, and uh, even the um, uh, Fenton Bresler, who wrote uh, sort of one of the definitive books concerning you know Lenin's uh, murder, uh, interviewed a, 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 the New York detective, one of the New York detectives responsible for the case, and even he admitted that they, that the Chapman's behavior was very odd after after Lenin's death. He simply sat down on the curb. In a very calm manner, and waited for the authorities to arrive, uh, which sort of, you know, has all the the uh, the telltale signs. Some say of a of a programmed assassin. What do you make of that whole that whole theory that that Chapman was programmed? Well, you know, my
3: goodness, I've heard this ever since Lynn uh, was murdered, uh, and it falls into the Manchurian Candidate, and even the movie conspiracy theory with uh, Mel Gibson used, you know, in the lie. And it was odd that Chapman says, you know, this is my story. And he, and he has a copy of Catcher from the Rye. And he's breathing again. And, of course, you know, if that was to trigger it, it just seems odd that a few hours before he's smiling while John Lennon is signing his double fantasy out. And then he has enough to come back and say John Lennon and shoots him five times and kills him. And just calmly sits there. I mean, to me... Psychologically, it doesn't seem like something a normal person would do. Uh, I don't know whether he programmed himself into the idea that he kept calling himself John Lennon. He married an Asian woman, you know, like John had with Yoko. He became obsessed with him and felt like, you know, Lennon had betrayed the youth of of the country and the world because of Imagine. And he used to sit around with his guitar and do these church groups in Georgia, and he'd sing Imagine There's No John Lennon. And, you know, it was very odd. It seems like he tried to talk himself out of it a few times. And when you read Let Me Take You Down and some of the other sources, Chapman, you know, said that, you know, he asked the devil to give him the, the power to kill John Lennon. And then you hear the story that, you know, he was actually exercised while he was in prison and demons were cast out. So if you're talking about a supernatural use of control, you might have a, have something there too. And the government, yeah, you know, Richard, why did the government want to get rid of John Lennon in 1980? If they were going to kill John Lennon, they would have got him in 72, I think.
1: Right, and w- G- right. He was far yeah. more outspoken. Um, uh, however, it's been suggested that Lennon was getting ready to. Remember, from 75 to 1980, he was sort of the devoted house husband baking bread inside mm-hmm. the Dakota and so forth, out of the public eye. Right. Uh, but. Uh, the very next day, uh, this would have been December 9th, Lenin was supposed to fly to San Francisco and, and take part in some sort of uh, organized labor protest. It seems like he was starting to get political again.
3: Yeah, well, you know, I was just thinking that the problem Lenin had is when he and Yoko flew to the United States and when they landed in New York, the first, you know, person to meet him was Abby Hoffman. And of course, Abby Hoffman and other radicals of that time period, being associated with John Lennon, got John Lennon on the FBI charts. And somewhere in New York City, uh, was a radical album. What was seventy-one, I believe. And his song John Sinclair, and the FBI was very interested. They in considered him dangerous. Uh, tried to, you know, deport him. They tried to drum him up maybe narcotics charges, and they couldn't make that happen. But you know, at that time, he was at his most dangerous because in 72, this would be the first year that 18 year olds could actually vote in a presidential election and if John Lennon went out on the road and campaigned against Richard Nixon and the Vietnam War, all these people who were 18 grew up with the Beatles. He would have had significant influence on them. So he would be very dangerous to the political structure in 1971, 72. In 1980, if he was regaining his uh, equilibrium so he would go out and he would campaign on social issues, he could be dangerous. But, you know, a lot of times there's a big difference when you're doing, you know, John Sinclair and, and a radical movement in 71 and watching the wheels go around. And, you know, perhaps that would be one thing that you eliminate, eliminating. You don't have a problem. Now think of the counterculture. When you had the counterculture, who were the main leaders? Yeah, had Jimi Hendrix, the Black Panthers were involved with Jimi, right. you had Janis Joplin, you had uh, John Lennon, you had Jim Morrison, and those were your big four. And Mama Cass, too, by the way. She had a lot of radical background groups, and what do they all have in common? They were all dead. Right. And Lennon lasted longer, 1980. I mean, when you have Hendrix and Janis Joplin and Jim Morrison, when... Hendricks died, I think it was two weeks before Joplin, she said, well, I'm glad I didn't die today because he would have got all the press. Well, she died two weeks later. And Morrison was in Miami, and he told his friends, he said, you know, you're drinking with number three, and he was dead in Paris. And you take a look at all this, it's just odd that at Monterey and, you know, with Lenin, probably the greatest radical of all, being dead by 1980. I mean, what what are the odds of that?
1: Indeed, indeed. Well, Gary, uh, always a pleasure to have you uh, with us, and let's not leave it so long next time. Let's, um, let's see if we can get uh, another show together maybe before the end of the year, and uh, good luck right. with all of your projects. Richard, we
3: just need to work on something together and have some fun.
1: That's for sure. We will talk. Uh, in the meantime, I really encourage people to uh, take a walk on the dark side. Rock and Roll, Myths, Legends, and Curses, available at uh, good bookstores everywhere and Amazon.com, of course. Uh, Gary, thanks again for this. Be well, my friend. All right. You too, Richard. Talk to you soon. All right. You can say hello on Twitter at Richard Serrett, the website richardserrett.com. And as always, follow the truth. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the program. Good to have you aboard. And uh, good also uh, to welcome our brand-new affiliate. Actually, I think they begin carrying the show around October the 20th, uh, but KFLD AM870 in uh, Yakima, Washington, news talk leader in Yakima. KFLD AM870, welcome to the Conspiracy Show, and we'll add that to our growing list of affiliates. Uh, as I say, yes, October the 20th, I'm seeing here. They will uh, join us. Uh, recently, we on the program, we spoke with Roseanne Barr. Uh, a great pleasure finally to speak with her. She's always been so outspoken, and I admire her, her courage, really, particularly uh, recently when she... Well, she's been talking about this for decades, but uh, only recently uh, has the mainstream media sort of started to pay attention. Uh, it was a fairly... Um, Lengthy article in Esquire magazine not too long ago, they interviewed Roseanne. Uh, Part of that interview, they talked about her comments in which she sort of revealed Hollywood's uh, dirty secret, and that is uh, that it is ruled by MKUltra and mind control. And uh, she's actually coming to Toronto October the 20th, and she'll speak about that. Uh, that this is a, a conspiracy culture special event, our good friends Patrick and Kadena down uh, on Queen Street, 1696 Queen Street. Uh, go to the website, conspirate.com and uh, you can get tickets. Uh, this will be a Q&A and a meet and greet and a book signing. And one of the things that Roseanne Barr is going to do, in addition to speaking about uh, MK Ultra in Hollywood and, and uh, how we can all sort of recover from uh, this mass brainwashing that's uh, uh, being achieved in part through the entertainment industry uh, and shock and awe uh, is um, and, and how to heal from that. But she's also going to be introducing uh, Kathy O'Brien and Mark Phillips. Now, back in uh, 1977, the U.S. Congress opened hearings into the reported abuses concerning the CIA's top-secret mind-control research program, codenamed MKUltra. And on February 8, 1988... A top-level MKUltra victim, Kathy O'Brien, was covertly rescued from her mind-control enslavement by an intelligence insider named Mark Phillips, and their seven-year pursuit of justice was stopped, they say, for reasons of national security. Kathy O'Brien is a vocal and recovered survivor of the CIA's MKUltra Project Monarch operation, tracing her path from child pornography and recruitment into the program to serving as a top-level intelligence agent and White House sex slave... Her story is a definitive eyewitness account of government corruption that implicates some of the most prominent figures in global politics. Kathy O'Brien, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Well, you got me. <laughs> oh, it's Mark. <laughs> Richard, Hi, Richard. This is Mark. Mark Phillips. Let's introduce Mark. He's a native of Nashville, Tennessee. For nearly 30 years, he was a highly successful marketing and advertising executive for two airlines and medical equipment manufacturing companies. While he lacks the published academic credentials as a scholar, professional writer, or mental health physician, he's recognized internationally by mental health and law enforcement as a credible authority on the secret science concerning external control of the mind. Throughout his career, he also held A uh, Defense Department issued top-secret security clearance as he was exposed to various classified behavioral modification projects. Mark was required to sign an oath of secrecy, and to this day, he's restricted by sedition laws from revealing certain specific still-classified details that directly relates to his employment. Mark, how are you?
5: Doing very well, and we appreciate this opportunity to be on your show tonight, and we're looking forward to coming back to Toronto. You know, Toronto is a a fond memory for us. That was the first place we ever spoke publicly is that right um yeah uh i mean that goes back a long time uh since that time uh kathy and i without the help of uh of having any sort of uh, support so far as a uh, a publicist or or even a publisher uh we've we've managed somehow uh, to get our information out because you know truth uh, you know it 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 will always be the truth and will always rise to the top. And when people hear it, no matter how far out of its, uh, out of their experiences, um, or even knowledge base, uh, it's still, they can begin to open their eyes and see what's happening. And we're very, we're very pleased to say that, uh, transformation of America, which was our condensed testimony that we gave before Congress, are provided to both houses in Congress. Um... Is now in fourteen languages, and it's in its sixteenth, its I think, edition. Is what we're going into uh, in the English uh, uh, language. So it's it's all been done with no advertising, no marketing, uh, nothing except word of mouth.
1: Mark, give us the, uh, you know, I wish we had, you know, three hours. Really deserves three hours to, to to drill down into this topic. But how did you come to to rescue Kathy O'Brien from uh, Project Monarch?
5: Well, uh, it's, a, it's a long story, but I'm going to make it as brief as possible. Um, her handler, a uh, fellow by the name of Alex Houston, he was a stage hypnotist and a ventriloquist of sorts, um, supposedly a uh, comedian, uh, not. But uh, he worked in the country music industry, and he was involved in supplying those people with, with uh, cocaine uh, and whatever else. Um uh, but uh, Alex Houston, I didn't know anything about him. Uh, a mutual friend had had seen my picture in the newspaper in Nashville so many times in the business section where I was working on this global plan or that uh, uh, U.S. State Department plan. And he, he asked me if I would talk to Alex b- because he had an opportunity to start a joint venture company in China and he needed someone that uh, had the credentials that I hold. So I, I looked into it. It looked very viable. And um, quick uh, quick answer is I went to China. We signed the deal. Um, I did about, uh, I don't know, $12 million worth of business for them in two weeks um, so that uh, their balance of trade would have been cor- uh, correct. Um, at the ribbon cutting ceremonies, in the Shenzhen industrial province, um, I was approached by a Chinese intelligence officer, and everyone around me just kind of drifted away. And this guy began to show me uh, a dossier he had on Alex Houston and on me as well. Um, he didn't seem too alarmed over the fact that I had worked for the uh, Defense Department or that I had worked for the intelligence communities. Um, matter of fact, he. He just wasn't concerned about that at all. What he was concerned about was my business partner, Alex Houston, who was of course not there, but um, he told me, he said, this man has got to be out of our our agreement or we'll have to cancel it. And he said the reason why is because he's involved in drugs, child and adult pornography. All of these three charges are, uh, (laughs) they put you to death in China for any of them. and uh, he, uh, he is also in the money laundering business uh, for the intelligence community, and his involvement with uh, adult and child prostitution goes all the way to the White House. Well, I've been around, and I've seen a lot. I had never imagined that somebody like Alex Houston would have connections all the way to the White House. Uh, it was just impossible for me to wrap my head around, but he gave me enough details and showed me some pictures uh, that were as disgusting as you can imagine. Uh, I went back, and uh, when I got uh, when we concluded the, the ribbon cutting ceremony, I went back home. And when I did, I called uh, uh, someone I knew at the U.S. Department of State and began to relate all of this stuff. And they they took it down. They said someone will be in contact with you shortly. So very quickly, I mean like within two hours I was contacted by phone and the person on the other end identified themselves with two different names um, because I confused them deliberately to see if I was getting a real name. But uh, they told me under no circumstances should I pursue this, forget it, it never happened, and that it was um, uh, an extraordinarily dangerous position that I was putting myself in. Um, if I pursued it in any manner or made it public. Well, uh, I worked in mind sciences. I worked in behavioral modifications. I worked in prisons. I worked in, uh, I worked in hospitals, and um, hospitals for the criminally insane. Uh, I've seen some serious, very good work towards rehabilitating people who had brain damage or who were career criminals. Uh, and and so on. Uh, I began to see these things were all being done without torture, without high voltage, without any sort of uh, uh, brain stimulation with, with high voltage. Um, uh, there were some drugs used, but very few. Most of it was done through the psychological approach, and most of it was done using hypnosis.
1: When you say it, um, what do you mean, what are you referring to, it was done?
5: Yeah, the, the, the people's Bad behavior right. was was turned around into I good behavior okay. patterns. And um, these people could be released back into the uh, into the populace and be productive uh, people. I mean, some of these people were quite talented. Many of them were, were well-educated, and they were just stuck because they were not getting any help. So, I mean, all of this was classified. And uh, I talked to, to many of the people I worked with, and believe me... Um, uh... there are some books out there that talk about uh, i have to skip over to this a uh, project that involved bringing the nazi and fascist scientists into to the united states well i happen to be vice president of the airline that did that
1: Ah, um, through operation paperclip
5: yes that's correct i was at the very tail end of it uh... where they were just moving the families around uh, but nevertheless um, i'm in that i'm in one of the books um, that was done by a Washington correspondent, and she's since revised it, but uh, nevertheless, I look like a bad guy. Um, truth, truth be known, when when people are working for the intelligence community, they, they rarely, rarely ever know who their actual employer is. Um, I thought I worked for the Defense Department, when in fact I was working directly for the CIA. Um, I, I thought that uh, I, was, I had a job working for NSA, for a short period of time, and I didn't. I was working for the Department of State as an attache. So um, these were, I mean, this is the way the intelligence community operates, and it did operate very successfully. Unfortunately for them, though, I was in the wrong places at the wrong times, and I saw too much and I could put the puzzle together. Well, listen, we're going to take a timeout,
1: uh, Mark. Excuse me. We'll take a timeout when we come back. Sure. If uh, and, and is Kathy O'Brien with us uh, tonight? Okay, terrific. Right here. Ah, excellent. Okay, we'll, we'll uh, bring Kathy on as well, but when we come back, we'll get you to sort of connect uh, uh, how uh, this Houston individual um, is connected with uh, Kathy O'Brien, how which, how it led to uh, her you rescuing her from the clutches of this uh, Monarch project. What what Project Monarch was all about, and uh, Kathy O'Brien will join us as well here on the Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. MK Ultra and Project Monarch. Uh, Kathy O'Brien, a high level MK Ultra victim and recovered survivor, is with us, and her uh, rescuer, uh, Mark Phillips. Uh, and their remarkable story, harrowing story, uh, detailed in *Transformation of America*, and uh, also access denied for reasons of national security. Mark uh, is uh, with us right now, and if we could just uh, quickly move to uh, the Absolutely. events leading up to Kathy's rescue, and uh, and then we'll bring Kathy O'Brien on.
5: Well, when uh, as I, as I said, I come back from China, reported it, and then told uh, shut up about it, uh, and then I was uh, actually threatened. Um, threats are never done uh, with any sort of intent uh, usually if someone threatens you from the intelligence community it's, uh, they're, they're just warning you they're going to do something else but they're not really going to follow through um, I was very fortunate in that I had worked in the same areas of uh, psychological warfare that the guys that I was talking to uh, were, were uh, attempting to, to uh, invoke on me And it wasn't working at all. But uh, when I saw Kathy O'Brien and her daughter, uh, for the first time, it was at an airport, at the airport. And she looked exactly like a 1960s uh, medium-level prostitute um, with a perpetual smile plastered on her face. Um, I wanted to keep my distance from them because I had a pretty good reputation in Nashville. I really didn't need that sort of attention drawn to me because I knew too many people at the airport. Um, when I got back, I made some phone calls to find out where I could get these two people some help and uh, what it would take to to get them out of that. Because you can't uh, you can't just call somebody up and say, "Hey, you're under mind control. I'd like for you to leave." Um, it doesn't work that way. You have to trigger them, and I had to know what some of her codes, keys and triggers. I found out what they were, that that was very fortunate, and um, as a result of me finding out uh, what they were and rescuing her out of there, um, I lost $2.2 million that I'd pay taxes on. It was my life savings, and um, uh, it just was wiped away with a stroke of a key on a keyboard. Uh, We've tried many years uh, through many really fine people on the banking uh, committees, in both the House and the Senate, to get my money back and to no avail.
1: This is Um, uh, one of the alphabet intelligence agencies firing a shot across your bow because you were messing with, uh, I guess, CIA property, which was Kathy O'Brien.
5: You're exactly correct.
1: Now, what were the the circumstances? Why did Kathy uh, and, did you say, her daughter approach you in the airport?
5: No, they didn't really approach me. They were, they were just there to pick up a, uh, Houston because we had just come back from a flight, an overseas flight. Um, they were there to pick up her
1: handler, partner. her handler, this Houston who was your former business partner.
5: Yeah, but he was, um, I, I really didn't like him. Uh, he was not a very likable fellow. And uh, to think, to even, Richard, to even imagine that somebody with his intellectual level could, could be connected into the White House, um, even as a pimp, uh, it just didn't make any sense to me. I mean, yes, I knew all about um, uh, people, particularly lowlifes uh, that uh, maintain what you call them sex slaves or or slaves. Um, There were very few of those kind of comments made around me, but nevertheless, I didn't know uh, that uh, what these guys were doing until I found out they were using trauma-based mind control. Trauma-based mind control, is uh, uh, they found drawings and in the, some French caves. See, he's got pictures. I got pictures of them. And uh, that was done thousands upon thousands of years ago in a pictorial, uh, a pictorial uh, sequence.
1: So the idea is that you, you ritualistically uh, abuse someone to the point where uh, their their psyche is fractured, compartmentalized, and then that person... Uh, is uh, it's basically disassociative disorder. Uh, right. Roseanne Barr, of course, is, uh, has gone public. This is what she endured, uh, and and then once you fracture that psyche and compartmentalize the brain, you can hide secrets in the different compartments, and even the victim doesn't isn't aware that those
5: no, the victim is totally unaware. Right, and so they're used so to, to pass that's information. That's uh, I'm sorry?
1: They're used then as, as mules. Uh, they can pass uh, the, uh, secrets oh, yeah. uh, you know, to, to, to intelligence groups and so forth. They can also be programmed to, to, uh, to be assassins and, and different things.
5: Well, I had seen uh, people involved in espionage, uh, both corporate as well as uh, state secrets, that were caught. Uh, these people were, were programmed, and it was um, the job of the, the units that I worked within – to extract the information out of these people, reprogram them with more information. That uh, some of it would uh, would be self uh, uh, toxic <laughs> to the whole uh, um, the whole of the information that was provided to them. In other words, you know, it was like the formula for rat poison. Uh, Two tenths of one percent is deadly. The rest of it is all nutritional uh, for for the rat, and that was what we did. And uh, these guys would go back to their homeland with all this new, fresh information. They would turn it over to them, uh, to whomever, and then uh, they'd be sent back in uh, because they were very happy that uh, they thought they had great information, when, in fact, it set our enemies years and years behind um, in, in their research and development of certain things.
1: All right. Let's, uh, if I could, let me bring uh, Kathy O'Brien aboard. Uh, Kathy, welcome to The Conspiracy Show.
5: Hold on. I'll hand her the phone.
1: All right. Hello. Hi, Kathy. Welcome to Hi. the Conspiracy Show. Good to have you aboard.
6: Well, I appreciate it.
1: And uh, again, uh, Kathy, uh, you and Mark, along with uh, Roseanne Barr, will be speaking in Toronto October the 20th at an event uh, sponsored or presented by Conspiracy Culture, conspiracyculture.com, for uh, information and details on how to get tickets. Kathy, we don't have a lot of time, regrettably. Uh, how are you being used uh, um, specifically by... Uh, uh, or as a as a CIA um, asset, if you will,
6: I was used on a White House Pentagon level to carry out criminal covert operations, um, deliver messages to and from government leaders, and of course these were back in the the days before the internet. This was during the Reagan Bush administration and. Um, technology wasn't as advanced as it is now, and besides, they felt it was much more secure to put it in the information in a mind-control slave my, like myself, who could only deliver verbatim what I was told to told to do. The criminals that were in control of my mind, that are still in control of the U.S. government today, um, just believed that I could never be deprogrammed to remember those things that I'd been tortured and programmed to forget. And um, they just never counted on someone with Mark Phillips background, someone who had, uh, who is privy to um, information, would actually be using it for good to restore a mind rather than um, control one how and, uh, why
1: did they choose you uh, why did they were well, you just swept off the street one day, taken to some uh, lair and and uh, abused to the point where you developed a dissociative disorder that they could use for their for their advantage
6: well my my father did that. I was sexually abused as a child, and he was using me in child pornography that was being sent through the u s mails and at that time um, this criminal faction of our government um, was actually sanctioning um, the local michigan mafia child pornography ring in order to target children like myself because it was known through hitler himmler research and more that children who were horribly abused would be prime candidates for mk ultra mind control um, abuse makes a person highly suggestible and when a child is abused to the extent that I was prior to age five, um, it created a dissociative identity disorder, which um, made me easy to program and uh, and be led. At that time, the politician who was from our area, he was just a local politician back then, was Gerald Ford, and that's the same Gerald Ford that went on to become the um, unelected president of the United States, and as his political career rose, so too did my victimization. That's how I came to be on a White House Pentagon level.
1: And you, you, how were you used in the capacity of a sex slave? To were you were, were other politicians, political enemies, uh, placed in compromising positions with you so that they could be blackmailed?
6: Absolutely. Well stated, yes. Um, because I had been sexually abused, my sexuality was heightened, and therefore um, they, that was used to, for blackmail uh compromising positions. Um, and it brought me in and out of the White House, um, and, and I was also prostituted to various government leaders. All this is detailed, of course, in our book, Transformation of America. And um, Transformation of America is our congressional testimony, condensed and put in book form, which is now in law libraries worldwide.
1: Now, um, take us so that we understand, many of us, our are, are knowledge of, of uh, you know, mind control is limited by Richard Condon's uh, The Manchurian Candidate, and, you know, uh, someone receives a phone call, and they say, you know, how, you know it's time to play right. a little solitaire. I mean, is that the way it works, that you're going about your daily business, all of a sudden there's a code word, and you're, you suddenly become someone else. You go off and you do these, uh, these, uh, these things, uh, horrible things. Uh, you have no memory of them, and then all of a sudden you wake right. up and you're back onto your, your normal schedule. How does that work?
6: Right. Yeah. Um. You you described it quite well. Um. But as far as having any kind of a normal uh, life, I didn't. I lost that at a very early age because when uh, trauma occurs repeatedly and is uh, systematic, then it it just leaves it where there is no more conscious thought. Under MKUltra mind control, I had no um, ability to reason or consciously comprehend anything. And no ability to question. I didn't know how old I was, what the date was, um, how much time was passing, because without any kind of continuity of conscious thought, there's no ability to comprehend time passing. So, therefore, I didn't really have any kind of a normal life from about the age of six years old on, right up until um, Mark rescued my daughter and I in 1988.
1: Yes, how did that happen? How did, how did Mark rescue you?
6: Well, I was turning 30 years old, and at 30 years old, there's electrochemical changes that happen in the brain. Oftentimes, people who have been abused will begin to remember around age 30 because it's just the way the brain is um, and the way it operates. Because of that, I was to be killed at that point so that I would die with the information that I had been exposed to just to make sure that none of it would ever leak in... um, from the compartments, the way it's been compartmentalized in my brain. And um, when that happened, that was right at the same time that Mark Phillips came into my life. and um,
1: Because I his couldn't... ex-partner was your handler.
6: Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And he was sending me off um, to be killed and knew that I was going to be. And um, had um, when, when Mark rescued me, I couldn't think... To trust him for him to be able to help me i couldn't think consciously in at all besides i'd long since given up on the idea that good people even existed in the world but i saw that his animals trusted him mark had fox he had um raccoons and other animals and they all just loved him he's a real nature person really attuned in harmony with the the beauty of life like that and people i was exposed to abused animals because When people abuse um, children, they abuse animals and vice versa. And because of that, I'd never seen an animal uh, treated well and one that could trust like his did. With that very first inkling of sensing that I could trust, that was the first step towards my being able to apply the healing techniques that he taught me. Those are detailed in our book, Access Denied for Reasons of National Security. And the information that we have detailed in that book, the healing um, methods that he taught me, are now helping other people because it is detailed in the book. People are applying that information to themselves, and they're healing from varying levels of trauma, abuse, PTSD, torture, and control, whether it be from um, military special forces or from cult, occult mind control or childhood sexual abuse. Um, no matter what form of mind manipulation that um, and, and abuse that people are suffering from, they're able to heal with this information and the very simple self-application um, methods. How that, long did it um, take
1: for you, Kathy? How long did it detailed. take? How long did it take for you?
6: It, well, many years. It it took me approximately nine months to really gain a concept of conscious awareness. And that was because I was monitoring um, time, watching a watch that Mark had strapped to my arm, and I was able to finally connect with um, the capacity for conscious thought, which was a really, really powerful turning point. Once I had conscious thought, I became responsible for my actions and at that point, I had to deprogram, and I wrote out my memory. After I wrote out my memory, which took um, several years, then I found that I had to learn to think from there, because I hadn't, I hadn't thought for myself since I was about six years old. Kathy, I've got uh, to take a break.
1: i got to jump in here. Sorry. Uh, take a break. Music is sure. uh, coming up, so we'll... Uh uh, reconnect on the other side, and we'll uh, continue our conversation with MK Ultra victim and recovered survivor Kathy O'Brien and her rescuer, Mark Phillips, here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Welcome back. Yes. Kathy O'Brien is a fully rehabilitated United States government White House Pentagon-level mind-control survivor. Whose testimony for the U.S. Congressional Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence Oversight was censored for so-called reasons of national security, she joins us on the line along with uh, her rescuer, Mark Phillips, and uh, they'll both be speaking in Toronto, October the 20th. A conspiracy culture special event, conspiracyculture.com for details, and uh, the event is called MK Ultra and Project Monarch: A Survivor's. Tale. Kathy, uh, what is um, specifically what is Project Monarch?
6: Monarch is just a sub-project of MK Ultra, and it's one that's of multi-generational abuse. And it was found through the Hitler-Himmler studies that um, multi-generational abuse is, is one that continuously perpetuates. Like the um, my parents were abused, and therefore they were abusing me, and and. In my case, um, it was like a a hundredth monkey where um, things just took a total change. And with healing um, came the opportunity to be able to live my life true to soul and is an absolute celebration um, that I enjoy every day now that I'm free to think for myself. Without free thought, there's no free will, and without free will, there is no soul expression. And it's... um, It disrupts a whole purpose of life and a whole meaning of life. There's no ability to stand for those things that you believe in. Now that I'm healed, um, um, I, I have my strength of spirit, and that's why we continue to speak out on mind control and healing from it, because ultimately there's a lot of people that have been abused in this world that need to heal and regather that strength of spirit so they too can um, live their lives fully and make a positive difference in the world.
1: Of course, you know there there are uh, countless victims of of some form of uh, a sexual a ch- abuse, child abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all of them, though, uh, are were abused with the intent and purpose of creating some sort of right. super soldier or super spy. Uh, right. But uh, the suffering is, you know, no less. Uh, severe, obviously, but yes, it, it, and
6: their suggestibility level automatically heightens regardless. So they will be more easily led under, um, no matter what their life's path is from that point, because it's just the way the brain functions. Right. And the information on how our brain functions is something that people have a right to know and a need to know um, in order to in in order to continue to think free and you know stop some of this corruption in the world and. Um, restore the kind of values that um, are innate to, hu- to humanity.
1: You were talking about the, you know, the, the experiments in Nazi Germany, and, and 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 that was obviously one of the purposes, along with the rocket scientists, of course. Uh, that yeah. uh, many Nazis were exfiltrated out of the United St- or into the United States under Operation right. Paperclip, and taking over the much of the security apparatus in the United States. Uh, but uh, um, I, I just I I, I I shudder to think. Uh, you know, this was 70 years ago, or or more, that uh, you know the Nazis were working on these uh, programs using uh, a, a, a trauma and abuse, shock and off, you will. Uh, and then you flash forward to the 1950s, where Dr. Delgado was, uh, you know, planting electrodes in monkey and monkey brains and and bulls brains and and, and modifying their behavior, controlling their behavior from re- by remote control with a radio mm-hmm. transmitter. Uh, and here we are, 60 years later. I, I, I shudder to think, what are they capable of now? What, what are your thoughts? What are they doing? Oh,
6: my gosh. I, I would, I'm sure it's advanced technologically at this point. Um, at the same time, technology has also advanced in the private sector, like with uh, computerization, where um, these criminals have been operating um, on the philosophy that secret knowledge equals power. And as their secrets are being told, their, their power base is, um, eroding, and they're losing their grip, and the people are beginning to rise up all over the world and reclaim their, uh, their strength of spirit and stand for their freedoms once again. So uh, mind control is, um, prevails worldwide, and it's something now that um, as awareness continues to rise, it starts to diminish, because knowledge is our defense against mind control, and it's just imperative that we continue to bring the information to light, and it will make the the positive necessary changes stopping this blight on
2: humanity.
1: Uh, barely a week goes by that I don't receive an email. Uh, uh, in addition to the radio show, I have a, a television show uh, that airs across Canada, and one of the episodes uh, that aired in repeats recently was uh, on electronic harassment, and that spawned uh, all of these emails from people who saw the episode, one from an, uh, a 60-year-old woman who says that she's an, uh, an emergency room doctor who was looking forward to retirement but recently uh, began, uh, was uh, victimized uh, by what she suspects is some form of electronic harassment. And as I say, I'm getting more and more of these emails. I'm just wondering, you know, what on earth is, is going on? Who, who is targeting these people and, and Why?
6: They sure don't think like we do. They've got a totally different power trip agenda that I can't I can't relate to in any way. And um, it's just it's just time for for people to reclaim that strength of spirit that I keep referring to because, um, you know, when you consider technology, it, technology doesn't have soul. They don't. It, computers don't have an understanding of the strength of the human spirit, and that is the vast difference that um, we have that's where we win and they lose in order to gather strength of spirit though people need to think free they need to think beyond what they're being told by the controlled medias um, turn to more medias like uh, like you have here and where people can learn to think again and expand their thinking In my own healing process um, one, one thing that I did was always consider other perceptions, consider other angles. Before I would draw a conclusion, I had to
2: expand my
6: thinking beyond just what I thought I knew. And that helped me to be able to um, get a a full grasp on free thought and understanding.
1: All right. Kathy O'Brien, Mark Phillips stays with us. Stay with us. Uh, The Conspiracy Show back with more. Don't go away. And just a quick uh, programming note. Next week, uh, I will be off. Sitting in the air chair will be our good friend Victor Vigiani, Executive Director of Zealand News Network, and uh, he'll be uh, speaking with uh, world-renowned ufologist, documentary, award-winning documentary filmmaker, Linda Moulton Howe. And uh, while while we're at it, uh, just a a quick note for those living in the greater Toronto area. Victor Vigiani will be delivering a... um, a presentation called UFOs the politics of reality at the Mississauga Central Library that's 301 Burnhamthorpe Road West Mississauga City Centre and that is uh, Wednesday October the 9th part 2 will be Wednesday October the 23rd from 6:30 p.m. to 8:30 p.m. Admission, a mere two dollars. If you want to have your world rocked, uh, you know, head out to the uh, uh, Mississauga City Centre and catch Victor's presentation: UFOs, the politics of reality. Your life will never be the same. All right, uh, Kathy O'Brien and Mark Phillips, uh, stay with us for a few moments yet as we discuss um, her incredible ordeal as a victim of uh, MK Ultra's uh, Project Monarch CIA uh, mind control program, and uh, Mark Phillips, of course, was her rescuer. Now, I'm just wondering what you make of, um, you know, recent events we had. Uh, whenever we have one of these horrible, you know, uh, tragedies, uh, a, a mass shooting or even this um, poor woman who was um, obviously suffering from a postpartum depression, among other things, uh, that was uh, shot on Capitol Hill in Washington, um, y- these things start to, you know, come to the surface. Uh, in in the case of the aerial in the Navy, the the Washington Navy Yard shooting. Uh, you know, complaining about hearing voices in his head, uh, talking about being subjected to elect, um, extremely low-frequency electromagnetic uh, radiation. Uh, and in many of these cases, we find that these people are on some sort of uh, uh, psychoactive act of drugs. There's often a military component in their history, uh, are these are we what do you think are these people by and large mind control victims
2: well mind
6: control is a common thread weaving through um, all these all these traumas that we're seeing and then in addition to that when society continues to see that kind of trauma it also starts um, rendering them more suggestible and more easily led fear is a, a great controller and um, truth freezes from fear, and we just simply need to learn the truth of mind control. And once your eyes are open to that truth, you'll begin seeing it um, all around and being, begin to understand what's happening in our society in a manner where we can start to um, reclaim our minds, our lives, and our peace and harmony.
1: To a lesser degree, I mean, um, you know, most of us, thank God, have not uh, been subjected to the kind of uh, horrible abuse uh, that you were as a child. and and uh, But to a certain extent, we are all victims of mind right. control. We're all being subjected to this campaign of shock and awe, whether it was 9-11 uh, or whether it's uh, a constant bombardment in the nightly news of, you know, horrible tragedies and so forth. Uh, for, for those of us who are i guess uh, victims of of brainwashing what 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 can we do to uh you know to uh reclaim our 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 liberty and our sanity
6: um realizing that it's a problem is is the first step awareness is always the first step towards positive change, but learning to expand thinking and and thinking further. One of the first things that Mark taught me in that regard was to voice no negatives without a solution. Since what I'd experienced was so negative, you know, that certainly put my mind in a little bit different direction where I had to um, push my brain and start to learn to think further beyond just what I'm told. And everybody needs to exercise their their brain out a bit and... um, learn to expand their thinking, and realize the, the goodness of humanity is, um, is what prevails in this world. It's not, it's not this negativity that we're being bombarded with at the moment.
1: MK Ultra is, I mean, I believe at one point there was a, I'm not sure if it was CIA Director Woolsey or, or, or some CIA director, stood up in, in, in Congress and, and said, admitted that there was an MK Ultra program, but that it was no longer operational. Is that true?
6: Uh, Well, that's that's been said several times, and um, every time it's brought up, it's, oh, it's stopped, and then it's just pushed underground and pops up in in another way. Until uh, people everywhere become aware of it, um, it's going to take a a natural evolution um, with the knowledge in order to make the the actual change. You know, people just need to reclaim it for themselves instead of count on Congress to do it for us. Congress isn't going to do anything but continue to perpetuate lies.
1: The, uh, you know, uh, the incredible, uh, incredibly horrible, um, you know, uh, fact of missing children. You know, you see children on on, on posters and, and uh, every street corner these days seems to have a picture of a missing child. Yeah. Uh, do you have a, a handle on... What percentage of these missing children are, in fact, caught up in some organized child sex ring, or which ultimately may lead to this um, MK Ultra program?
6: Um, I, I can't imagine what what numbers that would be, but you know, anytime something like that occurs, you've got a trauma, and when trauma occurs, the brain automatically um, compartmentalizes it. So. With the conscious mind, you know, having that compartmentalized and um, and the memory of it pushed deep in any way, it leaves a person suggestible and easily led. It leaves the the subconscious open and vulnerable, where there, it's going to be led. So you know, mind control is a sliding scale. Whether it's a kind of robotic mind control that I experienced or. If it's the kind that people experience just by information control and turning on their television and watching the horror of, of the nightly news or something. You know, so any child that's um, missing or um, abducted in any way has got to be suffering some, some horrible... Uh, ramifications from
1: that. All right, let's uh, go to the phones, and we have uh, John in Tennessee. John, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. You're on the line with Kathy, uh, Kathy O'Brien.
4: Well, uh, first, uh, it's actually Sean. That's Sean. okay. Though, All right, but,
1: thank you. Welcome, Sean.
4: Yeah, Sean in Tennessee. Uh, I just, I'm just, i just glad that the word is really getting out about this, because it is so crucial. Um, I've often wondered, I'd I don't know if I myself personally have been all that victimized from this myself, but, um, I mean, it's really kind of hard to really pinpoint anything specifically. But um,
1: It sounds like you have suspic- suspicions, though, that, Sean, that you may have been victimized by a mind control program.
4: Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's to any kind of extreme degree that I often hear about now with, with these people such as what happened in the yard there in Washington, D.C., um, I did happen to, you know, you, you know, over a period of years when I was a lot younger, uh, be put on certain, uh, you know, types of drugs, you know. Uh, but I do know that that isn't really as much a problem anymore, essentially. Um, but I do often wonder, you know, like it's mostly I notice the thing with information control, you know, which most people commonly have. And uh, I, I do – you know, I I've, 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 have I've had a lot of ideas just like this over the years, but I, I didn't really know how to explain, you know, like exactly what this – your guest is explaining and not. But it just kind of confirmed what I figured all along that we, we've got people that do this kind of stuff in our government. And I've always been, I think with good reason, cynical of a lot of folks in the government because of this.
1: All right, Sean, uh, good to hear from you, and I uh, appreciate your call. Thank you. Uh, cynical is, is right. Kathy, how do you respond to, to uh, you know, many people listening perhaps, even thinking this is just beyond the pale, to think that, you know, uh, members of uh, our government, uh, maybe, you know, leading all the way up to the White House, would be party uh, to such heinous crimes involving child pornography, child sex rings, uh just too unimaginable, really.
6: Well, the, the evidence is there, and it's it's continuously um, coming forth in the news because with the internet, the information is is definitely getting out there, and even with um, some that has come out recently, it's shown that um, Hillary Clinton, for example, was involved in it. So it's it's they're they're different than than we are in many ways because...
1: Wait, wait a um, second. Hillary Clinton w- w- has been involved in a mind-control pro- program, or w- we have to be careful about this, obviously. Oh, we're, we're talking well, about a public yeah, figure. She's,
6: she is named in um, both Transformation of America and Access Denied, and she was just removed from her State Department job for, um, for running prostitution and um, other well, that, criminal activities.
1: So. Okay, that, well, we have to be careful about that. I'd have to say, you know... Uh, that's uh, a pretty serious allegation. Uh, I'm not familiar with that accusation being leveled at her, uh, being involved in in, in prostitution. However, uh, people will have to read access denied, I guess, and, and uh, determine that for themselves. But or, or turn to
6: the internet because the the information has um, has leaked out, and it did cost her job. So I mean, it's out there, it's there, and people just need to open their their eyes and. See that there are some criminals that are in high positions that need to um, need to be taken out of those offices, and um, and, the, and the people need to just reclaim their lives and control over their own lives. Kathy, and, you
1: know, my, one might ask people. People might ask, you know, why uh, were you allowed to live, and why are you continued to, to uh, allowed to, to tell your story and go public with this? What what has prevented whoever these perpetrators are, from sort of removing you from the scene?
6: Well, um, for, they never believed that I could be deprogrammed to remember, um, for, for starters. And then we put uh, the information out there um, en masse, which um, is essential for anyone in a position like we are, for any kind of whistleblower, to get the information out there en masse. And then when the 1947 National Security Act was invoked on our uh, congressional testimony, that is what um, has allowed us to keep speaking out all these years. We can't have any conventional justice through the courts, but we can realize the ultimate justice of positive change through public awareness.
1: Again, uh, you'll be uh, appearing here in Toronto October the 20th. That's a Sunday uh, I believe it gets started around uh, 3 o'clock and goes right through until uh, 8 p.m., and uh, that's at Trinity St. Paul's United Church, 427 Bloor Street West, just a five-minute walk from the Sp- Spadina subway station. Kathy O'Brien, Mark Phillips, and, of course, uh, comedian, writer, producer, uh, Roseanne Barr will be speaking as well about uh, MK Ultra in Hollywood. Uh, Kathy, I really appreciate your time tonight.
6: Well, I certainly do appreciate it, and we're looking forward to coming in with the event. The The details will certainly um, be a, a, a positive plus, and we'll be focused on solutions.
1: All right, and uh, thanks also to uh, Mark Phillips for uh, coming on. Thank yes, you both. Thank
6: you so much.
1: All right. Mark Phillips, Kathy O'Brien. And uh, Roseanne Barr, coming to Toronto. And again, conspiracyculture.com. You click onto the website and all the information is there about uh, that event. All right, again, next week, Victor Vigiani sitting in for yours truly. Linda Molden Howe will be uh, his guest. So be sure to check that out. Tim Spreen, thank you for technical production. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.